Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the Week in Review, where I talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, first up from RNZ on the 14th of November, house values strengthen, especially in larger cities. Second topic from interest.co.nz on the 15th of November, migration-driven population growth has more than doubled compared to pre-COVID levels. Third topic from the New Zealand Property Investors Federation press release on the 13th of November, how the incoming government can help New Zealand tenants. Fourth topic from Stuff on the 15th of November, New Zealand's unluckiest first home buyers. Topic number five from RNZ on the 15th of November, house resale performance should improve but might take time, property economist. So first up for this week in review from RNZ on the 14th of November, house values strengthen, especially in larger cities. House values are on the rise, driven primarily by first-home buyers, according to the latest QV House Price Index. The average home value increased by 2.1% in the three months leading to the end of October, surpassing the 0.9% reported at the end of September. The national average value now stands at $907,387, reflecting three consecutive months of modest growth. Only three of the 16 main urban centres experienced a decline in values. Those areas were Whangarei, Hamilton and New Plymouth. Larger cities, including Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch, witnessed notable increases. Despite interest rates and credit constraints acting as restraining factors, signs of recovery are emerging nationwide. QV operations manager James Wilson noted that first home buyers are fueling the property market's recovery, extending from more affordable areas to larger urban areas and higher value brackets. Although the market remains cautious overall, improving sentiment is observed. Post-election, interest in property purchases has increased, leading to a surge in demand, outpacing the supply of new listings and putting upward pressure on prices. Wilson, however, does not anticipate a significant rebound in house prices due to the robust economic outlook. Looking ahead, the potential for increased investor activity in the coming months is considered, particularly with the certainty surrounding a change in government. While this might intensify competitive pressures on house prices in affordable areas and regions experiencing rapid population growth due to migration, a major return of investors is unlikely as long as high interest rates and credit constraints persist. And my thoughts on this are that home buyers don't need to worry about professional investors because home buyers tend to buy with emotion. Uh, whereas professional investors buy based on the numbers. So emotion outbids numbers every day of the week. The only investors that home buyers need to be concerned about are those mum and dad investors. Okay, so they're the ones that buy with emotion as well. And if you don't know what I mean between the difference of buying with emotion and buying based on the numbers, maybe it's time you came to one of our free events if you're thinking about buying an investment property. And we don't sell property, so you don't have to worry about me trying to flog you off a dodgy deal. All right, second topic for this week in review, interest.co.nz on the 15th of November, migration-driven population growth has more than doubled compared to pre-COVID levels. In October, Barfoot and Thompson reported that over half of the Auckland property sales fell within the price range of $1 million to $2 million. New Zealand's migration-driven population growth has more than doubled compared to pre-COVID levels, according to Statistics New Zealand.
Over the 12 months ending September this year, the country experienced a record net migration gain of 119,000 people, surpassing the 59,000 net gain in the same period in 2019, just before the pandemic. This marks the largest migration-driven population gain in any 12-month period. The current annual net gain of 119,000 resulted from 164,000 overseas citizens arriving long-term and a net loss of 45,000 New Zealand citizens departing long-term. In the 12 months to September, 211,000 overseas citizens arrived long-term, while 47,000 Kiwis departed, contributing to the net gain of 164,000. The primary source countries for foreign citizens migrating to New Zealand were India, the Philippines, China, Fiji and South Africa. Meanwhile, 26,000 New Zealand citizens returned after extended stays overseas and 71,000 departed long term, resulting in a net loss of 45,000 New Zealand citizens for the year, which is the highest ever recorded in a 12-month period, surpassing the previous record of 44,000 in the 12 months to February 2012. Do you want to learn more about investing in property? Join me at one of our free events, How to Succeed with Property Investing. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as an experienced investor and a financial advisor. And these sessions are available either live online or in person in our office in Ellerslie, Auckland. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. We don't sell property. So it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you've already been to one of our free events and would like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can also book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Third topic for this week in review from the New Zealand Property Investors Federation press release on the 13th of, of November, how the incoming government can help New Zealand tenants. The recent Sunday TV report on Queenstown's rental housing shortage underscores a nationwide problem in New Zealand, which is a decreasing availability of rental properties. Analysis of tenancy services data reveals a consistent decline in new rental bonds since 2013, with a significant drop from 2019 onward. As of March 2023, there are 402,195 active rental bonds, signalling a stagnation in rental housing stock growth. With rising immigration, a severe shortage of rental properties is imminent. To address this, the incoming government should take immediate actions. Number one, reinstate tax deductions for interest as a legitimate business expense to discourage property owners from leaving the market and encourage new entrants. Number two, Modify Residential Tenancy Act changes that deter landlords, including reinstating the 90-day notice without a stated cause for term tenancy termination, without impacting responsible tenants. Number three, lower barriers for investment in residential properties by eliminating the 35% deposit requirement by the Reserve Bank and having banks consider 100% of rental income in loan assessments. Number four, allow time-limited fixed-term tenancies, especially for holiday homeowners, enabling off-season rentals without turning them into indefinite tenancies. So that's referring to, at the moment, if you've got a fixed-term tenancy and the tenant 
doesn't agree to terminating that, they can stay on as a as a periodic tenancy. So both parties have to agree on ending a fixed term under the current rules. Number five, facilitate urban development and infrastructure through town planning reforms, such as permitting smaller lot sizes and streamlining planning processes to cut land and housing costs. And number six, incentivise construction companies to build more houses, including speculative builds, and retain tradespeople in New Zealand to increase the supply of affordable rental housing. Previous government housing policies negatively affected immigrants, families and young people relying on rental housing. It's crucial to reverse these policies to ensure basic access to needs like housing, aligning with Maslow's hierarchy, of needs and acknowledged by parties like ACT and National in their campaigns. Contrary to some economists' views, investing in housing should be seen as a fundamental enabler of a thriving society. Statistics from this article were taken from the Bond Centre Tenancy Services. So, you know, recent statistics show that 85% of all of the rental properties in New Zealand are provided by private landlords or trusts. So, you know, in my opinion, clearly we need more landlords, not less. Some of these anti-landlord rules have made things a lot worse for tenants in this country. And I think that's something that could be quite a simple change for the incoming government. Topic number four from Stuff on the 15th of November, New Zealand's unluckiest first home buyers. In the third quarter of this year, data from CoreLogic indicates that approximately 50 first home buyers may have lost their deposits when selling their properties. The figures reveal that 7.4% of properties sold during this period were sold for less than their purchase price, up from 7.1% in the second quarter and significantly higher than the less than 1% recorded at the end of 2021 and early 2022. Chief Property Economist Calvin Davidson noted that of the roughly 500 loss-making sales, around 100 were first-home buyers, with about 50 having purchased in the past two years. These individuals were primarily located in Auckland or Wellington, aligning with the larger drops in prices in those markets. The median loss nationwide was $45,000, while Wellington and Auckland sellers experienced median losses of $136,000 and $63,000 respectively. Of all loss-making sales, approximately 53% were owned for less than two years, within the median time for properties sold at a gain being 8.1 years. Davidson suggested that those selling at a loss likely intended to hold for a more extended period, but faced changed circumstances such as divorce or a desire to move overseas. Kiwi Bank Chief Economist Jared Kerr mentioned that those adversely affected were unlucky with their timing, but most first home buyers intending to hold properties long term would be unaffected even if the equity dropped on paper because at the end of the day, you, own, you only lose money in property if you sell it for less than you paid for that property. Eventually, prices always bounce back. Davidson observed that the proportion of people selling at a loss appears to be closer to its peak than the trough. Standalone house owners were less likely to sell at a loss compared to those selling apartments. Auckland had the highest proportion of sales at a loss, followed by Wellington and Christchurch. For investors, 8.6% of sales were at a loss compared to 7% for owner-occupiers. 
At the national level, the median resale gain for investors in the quarter was $285,000, slightly above the owner-occupier figure of $280,000. For losses, the median for investors was around $48,000, which is slightly above the owner-occupier result of $45,000. Fifth topic from RNZ on the 15th of November, house resale performance should improve, but it might take time, according to a property economist. Despite the recent housing market downturn, the latest CoreLogic New Zealand Pain and Gain report reveals that 90% of residential properties are still selling at a profit. The report indicates a stabilisation in resale property prices during the third quarter, following a nearly 7 percentage point drop in less than two years. CoreLogic's chief property economist Calvin Davidson notes that while property resale performance patterns are strong but slightly fading across the country, the wider property market has found a flaw. Davidson suggests that the worst may have passed for property resellers, anticipating a slow rise in property values over the next 6 to 12 months. He emphasises that most property owners holding for a typical period of seven to eight years are likely to see resale profits regardless of short-term market fluctuations. However, he points out that resale gains for owner-occupiers are not necessarily cash windfalls, as the equity typically needs to be reinvested in the next purchase, unless downsizing or moving to a cheaper location. Market fluctuations are a natural part of any property market, which is why it's important that you don't let short-term market movements sway your long-term property investing strategy. Join one of our upcoming free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing to learn more. As an experienced property investor and a licensed financial advisor, I'll be sharing some really valuable insights and expert tips to help you on your journey. Our free events cater to all levels of property investors and first-home buyers. I'll also tell you more about how we help our clients to achieve their financial goals. So if you're interested in finding out more about what we do, visit propertyapprentice.co.nz today to secure your spot and register for one of our events. Alternatively, book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, through our website and find out how you can join our team of thousands of investors across the country in New Zealand who are successfully building a stronger financial future for themselves and their family. Thanks for listening.